Your Property Network magazine, the UK's leading magazine for active property investors, presents your property podcast, giving you access to some of the UK's most successful and influential property investors and developers. They will share with you their successes, failures, strategies and tips. So whether you're an experienced property investor or just starting out, join us every week to help you plan your path to financial freedom. So let's get started with your host, Nina Hirons. Hello, welcome to Your Property Podcast. I'm Nina Hirons, and this week I am joined by, let's call them the dynamic duo, and they are the team behind White Box Property Solutions. And I think they're creating a bit of a buzzword in the property world at the moment as they're taking on Build to Let. It is my absolute pleasure. I'm delighted to have them with me today. Welcome, Lloyd and Andy. Good morning. Good afternoon. Okay, so I've introduced you as a dynamic duo, and I think it's pretty safe to say that you two do, you're quite pioneering, you know, you lead the way. You know, we've recently done an interview with you regarding crowdfunding, um, and most recently, this kind of build-to-let strategy that you guys have taken on, and not only taken on, you know, you're doing phenomenally well with. I really want to pick your brains, I want to find out more. I'm especially interested because I built the house that I live in today, so it's something that I'm particularly keen to learn more on. But before we get into too much detail, can we go to the very beginning? Uh, can you just give us a quick overview of kind of your background, who you are, and how you've become White Box Property Solutions? Okay, yeah, no problem. So it's, um, it's Andy here. Um, yeah, basically, we're, we were new to the property investment side of things about two and a half years ago. We started at the start of 2014. Um, before that, um, 2007, I started at my own building company. So I'm a carpenter by trade, I suppose. Um, and I set up a small building company and built that up, doing big extensions and, and the natural progression for that sort of thing. And then built my own house in 2013, uh, 2012, 2013. And you know, it was a natural step for me then to move into the property side of things. Um, Lloyd is from the he, he's from a sales background, so he um, he. He worked for uh, one of the big housing companies, uh, uh, Wimpy Homes, and he's, he sold LED lighting. And we got together at start 2014 and went to the MSOPI, so the Multiple Streams of Property Income event that Progressive do. And it basically blew our minds. We heard about all the different strategies that you could do out there, and we wanted to use my skills with the building company and um, and utilize that to get into property investment more. So that's sort of how it all started. And, and um, yeah, obviously, we've done quite a lot in the last couple of years since then. Sure. You, you obviously just mentioned about, you know, you went on to one of those property courses. I talked to loads and loads of people and everybody seems to do this. You know, do, do you massively rate them? Do you think that's kind of got you, gave you that the, the drive, the kind of oomph to kind of get where you are now? Um, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's Lloyd here. So, um, Hi, Lloyd. Yeah, I would, I would highly recommend if anyone's new to property and doesn't really understand um, the investing side of things, um, where we were, like Andy said, we started back in 2014. We had one buy to let each, but we didn't understand the whole um, investing side of things. So we went along to that to sort of understand uh, a bit more about it and sort of we wouldn't really be here without sort of progressive property um, anyway. So that that really blew our mind those three days, the multiple streams of uh, property income event. Uh, and from that, we just thought, well, this is exactly what we want, we want to do. Um, this is where we want to go. This is how we're going to do it. Um, and, we, and we just did it. And if anyone's listening, they're sort of on the fence. Um, I'll just do it. Just, just sort of get in there, get involved um, and just try it. Because if you don't, you're never going to go anywhere. But if you do, 
who knows where you could be. You could obviously talk with 36 properties down the line in two and a half years. So um, if we hadn't done it, we wouldn't be here. I think you've kind of answered what I was going to ask you next, actually. I mean, obviously, you said, you know, you said you just started in 2014, you know, so that's kind of, you know, two, two, two years ago. And you just said, did you say 36 properties? Yeah, we're looking um, around 36 properties. Okay. Can we sort of talk about kind of what that means in kind of a sort of statistics basis? You know, you know, that's probably what, you know, what you're doing, sort of 17, 18 a year, roughly, um, you know, is that kind of growing and growing and growing and kind of in relation to income and property value? What, what exactly does that mean? Uh, yeah, I suppose we benefit in a way because we do, um, we sort of specialise in the build to let um, side of things. So we, we build property, we buy land, we build new build properties and we actually keep them uh, rather than the traditional way of selling them. Um, we, we kind of really um, sort of build our portfolio quite, uh, quite quickly and quite rapidly because we can build eight, um, eight properties in sort of eight months. Um, which if you if you're to buy one one house a month, then yeah, it's pretty good going anyway. Uh, but because we can build them and we can refinance them back out uh, to keep them, um, we've we've been we've been able to increase our portfolio quite quickly. So for those sort of thirty six properties, um, once all complete, they're not all completed, but once all complete, the um, sort of portfolio value would be about seven million, um, with around two million pounds worth of equity. Uh, in the properties uh, and gross income wise from them now is probably around just under uh, sort of 30 grand a month um, sort of in fact 25 30 but looking sort of middle of next year that's probably going to increase to sort of 50 60,000 a month um, just on sort of the property income wise I mean you know that's, that's pretty jaw dropping isn't it you know that's that's amazing amounts of money and I think you know you, you guys are kind of living proof you know you're living the dream you know you're making property work for you um and like, like you just sort of mentioned obviously the build to let you know you guys are really leading the field you know you're kind of owning it let's say but I'm kind of amazed that more people don't do it you know why do you think that is why do you think more people aren't doing kind of build to let um I think that uh, coming from a building background myself it's Andy speaking again now it's um I think that people have a very traditional mindset with building, you know, that they, they feel that they need to put money into the deals to um, buy a piece of land and then, you know, they're probably aware that you can get some funding to do the build out, but then you need to sell it to be able to pay that funding back and get all the profit out, out of the deal and that's kind of the, the way that people traditionally think of development. Um, what we do is, I, I suppose we had the benefit of having the, the building background, as I said earlier, um, but by having the training in the last couple of years and the mindset training from people like you know Rob Moore and Mark Homer at Progressive, um, that's what really helped us to look at things in a bit of a different way and consider how we could um, ha have a hybrid model, I suppose, with the investment side of things and keeping property long-term and you know the way to build sort of wealth over a long period of time instead of just cutting the tie to the property as a traditional developer would do every time that they finished it to get that profit out and I suppose the way we look at it is um, if we you know we traditionally use um, private investor finance to buy a plot of land and then we'll get a hundred percent development finance from well the one we've used uh, with peer-to-peer -peer lending is funding circle so we've not had to put any money into that deal from our own pocket if you like from for for the first deal, so why do we really need to pull all the profit out of that deal to put it into the second deal when we can just follow that same model? Oh, sorry, someone's just trying to call this <laughs> Um But if if we've not needed it for the first 
deal we don't need it for the second deal so it's we can keep the property and by keeping the property we we can obviously make that property work for us month in month out on a cash flow basis and we still got the the property which is going to the the equity and it's going to grow over the years to come you know whether that be 5 10 15 20 years obviously you know the, the, the history has shown that property prices will go up and equity will go up in property over a long period of time whether it ups and downs you ride out in the short term so i think really to answer your question it's the this traditional mindset mm-hmm. of a developer that they don't understand the different funding options and how you can work with the investment side of things um, which is why they haven't done it in the past do you, do you also find, I mean, this, this is going by kind of my own personal experience. I mean, I know that, you know, when, you, when you're kind of looking at the market, it's, some, it's something like one in five families rent in the UK. And basically, you know, obviously there isn't, there, there isn't enough accommodation to meet, to, meet, to meet this demand, is there? But I know that there's kind of a lot of um, development going on around where I live. But, there's, you know, there's an awful lot of resistance. Do you find that kind of with this kind of build to let, that's another thing that perhaps puts them off? And do you experience this, a lot of resistance against these new builds? Um... Uh, it depends where you are. It depends council to council. Mm. Um, there is a demand for houses, and obviously there is a lot of new builds going up. Um, there's a lot of new builds going up which are for sale. So mm. the private rental sector is yeah is huge. Um, people are always going to want to rent. Um, there's a lot of need for rent. Uh, so the way we look at it, we always build sort of two to three bed houses or flats because um, that's the, that's the model for for the um the private sector so um yeah again council to council resistance we haven't come across uh, across too much um recently so i think um just to add to that as well nina that um you know the couple of sites for example that we've done which were highlighted in the, the last ypn um there have been brownfield sites and you know they're, they're kind of the first one was derelict garages, which were kind of a, a hive for crime and people hanging out, and you know not not a very nice place. And it was on the edge of a, a designated enterprise zone for the council, right in the centre of Northampton. So we actually we were helping the council by taking that site on and, and um, regenerating that with the rest of the area that they were paying for. So we kind of taken a, a bad area away from them. So we got really good support from the council for that one, but also from the residents. You know they don't want those kind of derelict garages at the back of their gardens. And you know, so again, the res- residents were really quite pleased to see the, the site redeveloped. Mm. Um, and again, with the second one we did, it was a derelict um, shoot, uh, leather factory. So it was all burnt out and you know, they're, they're not pleasant. You know, these brownfield sites, um, which are uh, sites in the centre of town, which have had previous sort of commercial use probably, um, they're not necessarily nice areas which are nice to the community so they're actually quite keen to see them redeveloped and all right you know having a a building site on your doorstep uh, perhaps isn't everyone's idea of fun for a few months but actually when they look on the longer picture and they see that there's a a nice set of well the last one was 11 houses which is a good use to the community it's adding to the community and we've not really come across a lot of resistance to that um, the resistance you're talking about maybe for the bigger new homes developers who are building 80 to 100 houses on the edge of a, a town and expanding the green belt of the town. You know, I understand that that, but you know, the the guys who uh, who have come through our training, what we're looking at, you know, they're, they're probably enhancing the town a little bit rather than um, than putting pressure on schools and things like that, which is perhaps where the main resistance comes from. 
Okay, so, you know, obviously we're talking about sort of location. It sounds kind of what, you know, what you guys are doing is fab. And like you said, you know, you're kind of adding to the community and that, that's amazing. Um, do you specifically focus on specific areas or are you very much kind of bound by availability of where these, these you know, these areas come up? Are you, are you quite specific on where you choose? Obviously, you know, you're talking about, you know, you've taken these garages, you've taken these, you know, these old factories. Do you choose your projects quite precisely then? Do you follow quite a strategic plan? Um, yep. Yeah, so we obviously, you know, we're with looking for sites. It's probably a, a, there's a, a bit more of a, a plan, if you like, than looking for even single buy selects and things where they could be anywhere. Um, you know, so we work with we work with agents, obviously, and we work with um, sources as well, people who can um, who can find these sites for us. But really, with we work in Northamptonshire, and we work in quite. A, a tight radius around there, looking for the the, 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 the options that are available to us. Because we use my building company, we obviously want them to be working quite locally. Um, but we also uh, we also do deals with the, the guys who are on our mentorship, and um, also we've done a deal with a, a builder up in Cumbria. So you know we'll we'll look to move out of our area. We just do that in a bit of a different way. So um, if we're doing it out of our area, we probably won't try and use my building company because we don't want them travelling an hour or two to go to site every day for a build. What could take twelve months? We'll just look to contract a builder in in that area and manage that site. So you know it just depends on where it is and and how the site stacks up to how we'll manage it. We've got a couple of ways we can do it if you like. Obviously, you know, you're, you're talking about kind of, you know, the, the relationships, how you find this land and stuff. And I know when I found the land to build our house, everybody was like, God, how did you do that? You know, it's impossible to find land. What advice would you give to somebody then who's kind of really interested and, in, you know, maybe, you know, following the build to let strategy or kind of wants to find some land to even build for their own? How, how do they find this land? How do they go about it? Because when land seems to come up, it seems to go very, very quickly, doesn't it? Um, yeah, the... the some of the land does go quickly, but the kind of sites we're looking at, um, they can stick around on the market for quite a long time. Um, we sort of teach people how to find land, and a lot of people, in fact, when we run our courses, a lot of people say the hardest part is finding the, finding the land and finding the deal. Um, but I suppose it's not really, because once you know what you're looking for, it's a lot easier to find. So um, we, we show people different ways of finding it. So the, the most common way that people look for land um, same as houses, they look on right moves, they look on right move commercial. Um, there's a couple of ways that we look at it, we look at it differently. So, um, I mean, you can, we, the, per, the first property or first plot of land that we bought, we bought at auction. So, there's always auctions that come up. So, check your local auction listings. Um, there's obviously the council, obviously, send, um, they sell off land now and again. So, getting sort of speak to your council, see if, um, see if they've got any land available. Um, the one that we sort of recommend. Uh, and this is a bit of a, a golden nugget so those that have tuned in and listened to us then you get a bit of a, a bit of a special from us so um, we recommend people go and speak to architects because um, architects at the end of the day the ones that are doing the planning permission for plots of land locally um, well most of them are local um, they're also off market because obviously the, the architects have got direct access to the vendors um, so there's, there's deals to be made there and you can get them before they go on right move um, so yeah, just like if you're if you're an investor and you build a rapport up with your estate agent, you want to start building your rapport up with your um, at local architects and just tell them that you want to start building and become a developer, uh, and they might they might give you some deals. We've had we've played golf with our architects and um, they've given us deals on the golf course. So 
yeah, just keep talking to as many people as you can. Nice. That's a, that's a really nice piece of advice. And uh, hopefully people will kind of take that on board and kind of following on from that then. So obviously, you know, you're talking about speaking to architects, which, you know, is obviously a you know, fab idea. Do you look at land that has predominantly got planning or do you tend to buy land that hasn't got planning then? And, you, you, know, you know, do you sort of know that if you look at a piece of land, do you, do you kind of have an idea? Yep, we'll buy that because we know it's going to get planning. Or do you kind of take that risk? I mean, have you ever bought a bit of land that hasn't got planning, which you're now <laughs> you're not owner of, but, you know, you can't do anything with? Uh, well, we do both, um, but importantly, the first two deals that we got up and running with, which have you know got us to where we are in the last two and a half years, we bought with planning. Uh, the first one was lapsed planning, so it wasn't active, but we just had to reinstate that. But obviously, we spoke to the the council, and this was the one Lloyd mentioned. We bought it uh, at auction, so we did a lot of due diligence around that before we bought it at auction, and we realised that there was a real good chance of being able to resurrect that planning and probably manipulate the scheme a little bit to get a bit more out of it. Um, and then the second we bought, the, the 11 houses, um, that, that was bought with full planning already in place. So that was, they were quite safe and secure. We kind of knew that we would be able to get it, but they were our first deals doing this kind of strategy. So that was quite important to us. Now, the, I think an important point here is that we've, had, um, we've trained quite a few professionals doing this, you know, builders, architects and surveyors and people like that. And specifically the architects, they, um, you know, they're, they're of the mindset that they've made a lot of money for, for other people, as Lloyd's just said, putting planning permissions on on schemes for other people and, and then they, they don't know how they could perhaps build it out. So we, we've trained them how they can do that. And um, they will, they're specifically looking for land without the planning permission because they see that that's where they can put the best value and get the best gain out of it. And actually, um, it's been quite a realisation for them to see how we've done it with the two with planning um, to see that you do, there still can be a, a good, good profit in these deals buying something with planning um, and you, you can still make the money at the other end but without the risk level in, involved, um, as you mentioned there, with not getting the planning. And, and if I use um, uh, Victoria Street as an example, um, we bought that plot of land for 200000 with planning for 11 houses. And um, without the planning, it would have probably still been 150, 160 anyway. And those guys, you know, th- there was a whole process they went through with the councils to get that planning in place and costs with, um, you know, it was a brownfield site, so they needed to get um, surveys to show the ground conditions and, uh, and all sorts of um, different things that were involved with the, the, the planning process. So realistically, there wasn't that much uplift. And, and, and it's very different in some areas to others, but it's been sort of an eye-opening um, a, an eye-opening moment for the architects to see that you can still get value in these lands. I mean, we, that plot we've just finished now, and it went from the 200,000 we bought it to, it got valued um, at 1.6 something million, and we made, what, 500 and something thousand on that. So getting the planning gain on top of that wasn't where the value was. It was actually on getting it, getting it started quickly, and getting the build finished and getting it rented um, where we made the money. We wouldn't have made a lot more by taking it without planning. All we'd have done is had, you know, added a lot of time to that. You know, we were in and out within 12 months. We could have spent an extra six, maybe eight months getting the planning and uh, going through all of the, the, the council process, and we wouldn't have really realised that much more profit. We would have probably chewed a lot of that up with extra interest costs on the land. And, you know, so sometimes, it, especially for your first deals, I'd suggest try and find something with planning until you're a little bit more experienced, and then you can take on the schemes where 
there can be a lot of planning gain, but there's probably a little bit more risk there, but you're going into it with your eyes open a little bit more. It, it kind of, you know, listening to you there, it just sounds like, it almost sounds quite mind-blowing, doesn't it? Kind of how much, you know, it, it, obviously each project's kind of, you know, got their own specific problems, risks, you know. It, it, I, I almost sort of can't get my head around kind of time management and how you kind of manage all these. So I'm always really interested in kind of people, how they manage their time. You know, you've always, you know, like you said, you know, you've done 36 projects in, you know, in two years. How do you manage your time? You know, how, how do you not kind of get sort of bogged down and does it, does it just become really chaotic or do you have very specific roles? And then also, obviously, you know, you, you know, you're doing incredibly well sort of financially as well. So are you getting that time to kind of enjoy, enjoy it now? Um, yeah, I think when we first started, um, we kind of had an idea of what each, each person would, uh, like myself and Andy, would do. Um, but it, we kind of as we progressed, then we found out exactly what what skill sets uh, each of us have got. So obviously Andy's got the building side background. So um, the first sort of site was he was heavily involved in um, project managing it and looking after the site um, along with his team as well. And I was more because I come from a, um, a sort of sales background, marketing background. Uh, used to work for Taylor Me Be Homes as well um, in the sales side of things. Um, I think we sort of separated what I was doing, what Andy was doing. So I was very much the financial side uh, and Andy was very much the construction side. So from the start, we've, we had a clear idea of what each of, what each of, our, um, each of us were doing. And that's progressed now that we know exactly what we're doing. Um, I focus on obviously the same sort of thing, the financial side, the investment sides. Uh, Andy's focusing on the, the construction side, looking after the, the, um, the projects. Uh, we've got quite a bit going on. We've obviously got projects up in Cumbria, which Andy's mentioned earlier. Um, so Andy obviously keeps an eye on the, the, um, the, our business partner up there as well. Um, so yeah, we are, we are structured in a way. We've got a team in the office as well, which help out uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, so yeah, we, we do, now and again, we do enjoy life. Uh, we do enjoy sort of, um, we've got charity golf days tomorrow. So it's, yeah, we do like we do like to look after ourselves and um, enjoy it, but we are still very focused on what we're doing um, on a day-to-day. So, um, yeah, we're enjoying it. Okay, excellent. Okay, so let's let's kind of, you know, let's kind of talk a bit more about the money side of things, okay? So, um, you know, like, you know, I obviously mentioned earlier, didn't I, about kind of objections, and we started talking about, you know, these hundred houses, whatever. Obviously, your projects aren't huge, but, they, you know, they, they are big in the grand scheme of things. How how do you finance them? I mean, I know that, you know, you, you've spoken in the magazine about crowdfunding. Um, again, that's quite kind of revolutionary. Um, can you tell us kind of a little bit more about that, kind of how you finance these projects and also kind of how crowdfunding's worked for you? Because I know that's kind of a new thing that's kind of coming into the property market. So, uh, yeah, again, kind of over, over to you. Yeah. Um, so, basically, we our, our model with the, the builds is that we will, like I said before, we use um, private investors finance to buy the land. Um, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of people out there at the minute that the interest rates are really low. So there's a, a real win-win scenario that, that, um, can be, that can work for both parties. Um, it means that we can go out and, and buy, you know, two or three set plots of land if we need to. And um, we're giving them a really good return at, you know, either 10%, sometimes depending on the deal, sometimes we do 1% a month. So that would be like a 12% APR. And they're in the bank, they're probably getting, what, half a percent, 1% if they're really lucky at the minute. So, you know, that's obviously a, a massive difference for them uh, as a loan agreement on their money. Uh, once we have that loan agreement in place for them, and it doesn't have to be 
um, one person to buy each site. We can, we, we, you know, it might be a site for 200,000, for instance. We, we could have four people at 50,000 each, so it's a bit more of a manageable sum. And then they're, they're lending us the money for us to then progress with a site. So then once we, we own that site, then we can go to um, Funding Circle, uh, which is a peer-to-peer lender, a crowd funder, as you mentioned. And when they started coming into the market in 2014, just as we started doing this, and uh, uh, for the development side of it. So they've got two branches. They've got the business side, which is their traditional business loans, which they started in 2010. And then they've got a development side, which is the, the side we use. It's the arm of the company we use. So it's a bit different. They don't require... Um, three years worth of accounts like they do on the business side it's more about the deal the people who are doing the deal and the track record and um, and, and that's how that works really it's a very different setup but once that all goes through if you own the land they basically give us 100% of the development so again on the the one we just talked about 200,000 to buy the land which was private investors money and then it was 750 to do the deal which was basically all covered with with the crowd funder um, so then we've got the money to buy the land, money to do the deal. We use my building company to, to build it out. And then once it's finished, we put that onto a commercial mortgage, which is based on the, the value of the, the, the whole block of houses, the 11 houses, all is based on the gross development value, the GDV. Um, so on that one, as I said, it was just over 1.6 million. So then the commercial lender is giving us a loan of just under 1.1 million against that site which then allows us to pay the, the private investor back and it pays funding circle back. And then basically we've created ourselves 11 houses based, you know, almost from nothing because we've used other, we leveraged other people's funds to do that. And then we get to keep the site and rent it out. And the, 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 so we're on that basis there. We've, we've made, say, 550000 on that site there to, as profit, um, which we leave in as equity, importantly, um, so we're not paying capital gains tax on pulling the money out, but we've got the rental income coming in. So again, on that site, it's about eight and a half thousand a month, and the mortgage is about four thousand. So we make you know four four and a half thousand pounds a month pure cash flow profit on that site um, from something that we've sort of created using that model. So it can work really well, and it's worked well for us on those. And you know, you just got to find the right sites that stack up in the right areas for rental and and that you can pull the pull the money out in that that manner and it it can work really well obviously you just kind of you're sort of saying about you know you've done i don't even know kind of how to ask this really but um you've you know you've done incredibly well with kind of you know utilizing other people's money and obviously you know you're giving them an amazing return but do you think it's kind of quite as straightforward as that you know i mean you're saying obviously you guys came together in 2014 very much as this crowdfunding thing kind of came in you know i'd have made the assumption that they'd kind of almost wanted a bit of a track record but obviously at this point i'm assuming you didn't so kind of how did you how did you get these people on board Uh, well i am I, so it's Andy speaking here. So I had the building company, mm. um, and so I, I had a, a, a smaller track record with that. Like I said, I built my own house. But at that point, I'd only built my own house. So well, that was quite a nice house. I, I hadn't built a hundred houses or anything like that. So you know, we we had to um, we had to um, we had to prove the track record from that, which was you know we used extensions and things like that. Mm. Um, but actually, what we teach people. Um, what we teach people when they they come through our training is that you know you don't necessarily need the track record yourself but you might need to joint venture with a builder on the first one you do to prove that track track record so you know getting your first deal through is is 
everything really because um, if you haven't got that you might need to offer more to the builder rather than just contracting them bring them in on the deal do a joint venture with them and, you know we show them why that the builder would want to do that with you and how they can make more profit out of the deal than they would if they were contracted uh, but it also allows you to be able to get the funding because they're a part of that deal so to do these deals we generally set up a new company so uh, a special purpose vehicle SPV and we, that's how the crowd funders prefer it because it ring fences that deal and if they need to take hold of it to um, finish it later with someone else if it the worst case scenario they can then separate that from your other properties um, and you bring the you can bring the, uh, the the builder in in that SPV with you to cover the track record and and they're part of the company then and they're shown to make some profit out of it as well so there's, there's lots of ways you can do it obviously we've got only a short amount of time now but you know, we obviously go a lot more into that on um, on the training that we do and there's there's ways that anyone can do it whether they, if they haven't got any money they haven't got any track record it just changes how they set up their SPV and their deal um, but what they have got even from listening to this they're obviously an active investor and you know they're used to going and speaking to um, to agents and you know we said earlier about architects and setting these kind of deals up they know about funding they know about exit strategies so that's what you can bring to the deal. So really, you know, anyone can do this, um, but it's just understanding how your in your scenario you can do it, your um, personal situation. Are you are you quite an ambassador then for kind of joining forces? You know, I mean, I talk to lots of people, and you know, some people really rave about their partnerships. Other people, kind of partnerships, perhaps haven't worked so well. Um, you know, but like, kind of, let's talk about you guys specifically. Obviously, you've brought very, very different, you know, skill sets to the table. Um, you know, do you guys feel that perhaps if you hadn't have joined forces, you kind of wouldn't be where you are today? Uh, yeah, I think it's been key to what we've done. Actually, I mean, I, I um, when I did my I had my building company, I, I did everything on my own. I had that very sort of old school, traditional mindset of you know that I, I had to put all the hard work in to see the fruits at the end, and um, and that's actually a big thing of what I've learned through being with Progressive and you know the trainings that we've done in the last couple of years is actually you, it's very. Um, stifling to have that kind of mindset and to work with other people and to share their experiences and leverage their their time and experiences is definitely you know the 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 key to business in my opinion now and you know by joint venturing with Lloyd and that was a big decision for me believe me in into early 2014 to to look at doing something with someone else um now you know we it's opened our horizons to such um bigger levels and you know now we've got a nice base of our own assets and we're looking at now you know joint venture with lots of other people and um, and broadening the horizon down to the next level really um, so I think it's really key um, you, you know and the things that other people bring to the table are just things that you would never think of and you know as, as Rob quite often says you don't know what you don't know and, and that's so true because other people just bring a different aspect to everything and, and, and it can really expediate your growth and and get you to that that bigger level you'd never have considered no regrets oh yeah definitely <laughs> and, and if it doesn't work out not every partnership's going to work out not every team's going to work out but you know everything's got a learning experience with it and, and what you pick up from trying it at that time you can learn and work with the next builder maybe if it didn't work out with that one but if you never try you never you're never going to know are you yeah of course and um, I know. I feel. I feel like we've only kind of really, really touched on the fact that kind of you know you this build to let strategy and kind of what you do. Um, but I do know time's running away with us, so hopefully we kind of catch up again soon. But quickly, in terms of kind of the build to let strategy, I know we mentioned very briefly kind of why people don't do it. But what do you think is kind of the biggest or main challenge of why in, of, of the build to let strategy? Uh, probably knowledge, to be honest. Um, obviously, you don't know what you don't know. So those people that 
that look at developments. Um, we ask the question quite a lot of what what's stopping you doing a development? What is your obstructions? What what kind of things can you think of that would get in the way of doing a development like this? Um, and the same thing comes out time and time again. It's like we said before, finding the sites, um, finding the find finding the funding for it, and how how do you finance a site? Um, a lot of people think that it's you need a lot of money, you need a lot of time, uh, and you need to know how to um, how to do the builds. But I I don't even know how to build a house. Um, I never I've never got the intention of building a house myself anyway. Um, well, not me personally, but I'll get a builder to do it for me, like uh, Andy's building company. Um, but you don't need to know how to build the houses. You don't need to know. Uh, you don't need the money to to put into it, um, as as we've proven really. So, when we first started, we there was no courses that we could go on uh, that, that we knew of anyway. There's nothing that we could follow or a model we followed. Um, we sat around Andy's Andy's dining table in early 2014 and just said, "Look, we've we've got this site. Um, we're going to use your building company to to do the build." If we only break even and we make we make five grand each, at least we've made some money. We've got one off the ground and we've done a deal. Um, but obviously, looking back now, it, it, we we, um, we did well out of it. We we managed to keep all eight properties, uh, moved on to the next the next project, which is exactly the same model. Uh, and a lot of people started ask, asking us what of how we did the deal, how we did the um, how we structured it. Uh, quite fortunate to win deal of the year in 2014 for our first ever deal as well from Progressive. Um, and from that, a lot of people, like I said, were asking how we did it. So we kind of decided to create the create the course so people can follow what we've done. Um, they can do it themselves. They can make, so well, we, the first deal we made 400 grand's worth of profit. So it is possible. You just need to know how. Um, and with the, the right support, um, which... We did a course, and we absolutely love doing the um, the courses, and we run them. And to see people going out and actually buying sites, um, it, it does it gives us a, a sort of a, a sense of satisfaction, really. And we we really enjoy seeing people going and, and sort of changing their lives uh, as it has uh, um, has it changed our lives. So, the following the course, we do we do uh, a mastermind mentorship as well, which um, some of the guys that are on there now they're almost um, started to start their first development. Um, they're just about to build 10 houses and probably make about 600 grand's worth of profit. So um, it, it is, I do enjoy seeing people grow uh, and sort of see them progress as much as we did. So um, yeah, I think going back to your question, it is knowledge, it is knowing how to do it uh, and how to do it sort of correctly as well. So we've made mistakes in the past because we didn't have anything to follow, but we don't want other people to make the same mistakes that we did. So, um, yeah, I think the right knowledge, the right education gets you a long, long way. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know, like I say this time and time again, but I just love how everybody in property is willing to share their knowledge. You know, there's, you know, most industries, very people are very closed book, aren't they? And, you know, everybody wants, everybody shares, everybody wants to help each other. And I think it's amazing. And I know you've kind of just brushed the surface of your courses, but can you, can you just kind of go into a tiny bit more detail in terms of kind of how people can get hot, you know, people can kind of get on these courses when your next course is kind of how, how they can contact you if they're interested in kind of coming onto one of these courses? Yeah, um, I mean, most of the information is on the website, which um, is www.whiteboxps.com. Um, there is information on there. Um, you can book direct through the website as well. Um, but we're, we're quite friendly. You can um, send me a Facebook message or send me an email. Um, more than happy to have a chat with you and sort of discuss if, if the course is right for you. Um, 
we don't really want people coming on if they're not going to go and do stuff because we want people we want to see people progressing we want to see people um going out there and doing stuff so um yeah email address if you want to email is info at whiteboxps.com and like i say if you look for me or andy on facebook um we'd like to think we're quite friendly so we will have a we'll have a chat with you and just see if we can help you really is is, is the course very much based on kind of the build to let strategy then uh, yeah, we touch on both strategies of build to let and build to sell. So um, obviously not everyone wants to keep the properties. People do want to sell them. So um, the course itself, we, we do go into detail of how to find the sites, how to really sort of do a lot of the due, dil- uh, due diligence side of the of the developments because um, that's the main part. That's the key part. As soon as you can get a deal that works and you can see how it works, um, it's a lot easier to manage uh, going forward. So we, we spend a bit of time on that. We we do spend a, a bit of time on how to find investors and how to make yourself more investable because um, obviously a lot of people, like I say, the main things are how, how do you find a site, where do you find a site, how do you get funding and how do you find, fund the deal. Uh, and we also we invite, um, we invite one of the uh, consultants, not consultants, sorry, um, one of the brokers for Funding Circle who is quite good friends with one of the, with the guys at Funding Circle and um, he comes in on the course as well and you, you spend sort of lunch with him um, so we introduce you directly to Funding Circle uh, and get you in the door with them so they're aware of the course they're aware of what we do and obviously once you've come on the course and you've sort of taught, been taught how to do developments you're a lot more investable um, they'll look at your deals a lot more closely um, and yeah I think from that we teach you everything from the start to beginning, uh, from the start to ending, and how you can do a development yourself. So, Fun. yeah, we've had some good feedback from it. So it's yeah, it's quite enlightening. Fantastic. What I'll do is I'll put all those contact details in the notes of this podcast, kind of for anybody who's missed it. So uh, yeah, all the information, and hopefully uh, people will get in touch. Thank you guys so much for chatting to me. Like I said, I feel like we've only kind of brushed on the surface. So uh, hopefully we can catch up again soon. I know you're both manically busy, so uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. As I just mentioned, I do feel like I've only just touched the surface with these guys. They are pioneering the way with their build to let strategy and the fact that they've used this crowdfunding. They have masses and masses of knowledge and experience that they are willing to share. So do drop them a line and perhaps pop along to one of their courses. Guys, as always, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, We do have a fantastic beginner's guide if you're kind of out there thinking, I'm interested in property, don't quite know where to start. You can download that by going to www.yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash begin. Download it, have a look. Uh, Obviously, you can always get in touch. You can contact us at nina at yourpropertynetwork.co.uk. But until next week, have a good one.